Welcome to my podcast, Virtually Minded. I'm your host, Sarah Garnham, and I'm a virtual assistant working with best-selling authors and small businesses, helping them to manage their time so that they can get on with what they do best. Along the way, I've learned so much from all my clients, so myself, my clients, and other inspirational guests will be here to share all of these tips, knowledge, and advice with you. So tune in right now and get your week off to a great start. Hi everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Virtually Minded. This is our third episode and I'm so excited to to get going with this one. Thank you for tuning in last week. Um, Myself and my husband Jamie were hosting the episode and it really was fantastic to do that and we were so so pleased with the feedback we got um, we had some lovely messages from people um, saying how much they enjoyed listening and appreciated Jamie sharing his journey um, along the way and how he's improved and helped himself with his mental health um, with his motivation and with um, you know his day-to-day life so thank you for all that feedback it really really meant a lot to us and I do love to bring you lots of inspirational people on this podcast. And today um, we have a wonderful best-selling author, Tracy Buchanan. She is going to join me today to talk all about the power of change. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. Just, uh, you know, coping with the old uh, lockdown and homeschooling, but we're getting there. I know, day number two already of lockdown. Absolutely. And the day, obviously, that lockdown started was the um, the release date of your latest book, Circle of Doubt. I know, and it always seems to, last year that happened pretty much, but we went into lockdown when my last book came out. So yeah, it definitely made it a different experience. Um, very kind of challenging, but um, you know, yeah. it's fine, we roll with the punches. So. Yeah, do you know what? And it's going to be really character building with that as well. And yeah, so the fact that you've done all that and promoted it yourself, it's just amazing. Um, so anyone um, who doesn't know much about Tracy, Tracy and I, first of all, are cousins. Um, and she's also my first ever client um, through Mark to Complete, my virtual assistant business. And she's really been a mentor to me as well as a client. So what she's done is she's trained me really to be um, a virtual assistant specifically for authors. Um, she's also got a great background, haven't you, um, in social media and journalism. So you've been really an absolute lifesaver for me. Oh, bless you. That's so <laughs> you've been, well, you've been a lifesaver for me because, you know, it's been amazing to have someone to help me with, with you know, the, the tasks that usually I put right at the bottom of the list that I really should be doing, um, you know, that are really important. Um, and to, to allow me to really focus on my writing. That's been so important for me, especially the past year, you know, with juggling everything. It's just great to have someone like you there to to sort of help me out and make sure I do the things that I really need to do um, and just focus on the writing. So, yeah, there's a bit of mutual, yeah, mutual appreciation society going on here. <laughs> yeah, it has, definitely. And it has, like I say, I've learned so much from doing it and it has given me the... The opportunity to start working with other authors as well so thank you so much and I've really enjoyed it as well and I'm really thankful for you coming on the podcast because you've got 
an amazing story to tell us. Um, and we're, we're going to go through all of that today. Um, so, so really, you've got a background in kind of journalism and English. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of your career path and how it led to, to being an author? Well, I, yeah, I always wanted to be a journalist. I, I you know, loved writing, loved reading um, at school and so on. And, and um, actually, I didn't start out as a journalist because the pay is so horrendous. <laughs> so I went into PR instead. And that was brilliant because, you know, I got to meet lots of famous people. But it was also a really good way of learning, um, you know, about deadlines and, and working with clients and so on. And then, then I retrained to be a journalist um, and, you know, followed that dream. So that, that was, you know, gave me a, a good background um, and allowed me to explore my love of writing. I got to travel around the world because I was um, the editor of a travel magazine um, and I got to see some wonderful sites and meet some fantastic people and that really helped. Um, and then I moved on to the social media side of things because I've always loved, I've been fascinated by social media when it all started exploding um, and marketing in general. So um, that was a really good um, area to get into and has really helped me with, you know, with the author side of things as well. Yeah, it really has. And it's been a journey that kind of brought you to where you are now. Um, and your first sort of main book that was ever published, um, that was Atlas of Us, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and you know can you tell us a bit about how that felt the moment that you found out that you had your published book and also um people would love to know i think about the journey that you went through to getting there because there was a personal journey you went through wasn't there definitely so um so i mean i said i always wanted to be a journalist but i wanted to be a writer you know so my, my mum is such an influence on me and she adores reading and just been surrounded by books so it's always been a dream but you always think with writing with being an author it's, it's like it's like it's one of those you feel like it might not be possible it's really hard to actually have a career out of it i proved that wrong and lots of people have but um <laughs> So I, I eventually did manage, you know, I've always wanted to finish a novel, write a novel like a lot of people have. And I eventually did write um, a novel and I got an agent. Um, it was a young adult novel. So I was quite obsessed with Twilight. Stephanie Meyer's Twilight is completely different from what I usually read. But I was actually, like, both wow. of us loved it, didn't we? I know. You it's just actually like... got me into it. Yeah, yeah, I just like, converted so many people to it, but it wasn't the sort of thing I'd usually read. It was, I always say, I feel, feel like that the pages were, were sort of laced with crack because it just <laughs> made me read it. I couldn't stop reading it, but it just made me realise what a fantastic genre, you know, the teen, young adult genre is. So I came up with an idea for that, you know, in that area about a girl who falls in love with a shapeshifter. And with that novel, I got an agent. So it was just you know just such an exciting time to get an agent because it can be hard to get an agent um and I had all these dreams I thought wow you know I'm going to finally be a mass published author all over the UK and US yeah. and I did get a deal actually but I got it in Germany which is random <laughs> um, and now I look back I think how lucky I was for my debut for that novel debut young adult novel to be published in Germany but um it the, the UK and US deals didn't come and I started to get a bit despondent and I, I started to write more adult stuff um, and it, I kind of wasn't in sync with my literary agent, my previous literary agent and we parted ways. Yeah. But I thought, you know what, I got an agent really quickly so I'm bound to get another one, you know, pretty easily. But I didn't. So after 
get an, an agent pretty quickly the first time. The second time I got like a hundred rejections. Wow. And it was really tough because you kind of assume that once you get an agent, you can get another one. And it doesn't work like that. And I think in life it doesn't work like that. It's a real roller coaster. Yeah, you're right. And and at the same time that all of this was going on, I was struggling to have a baby. So um, I was struggling with infertility. So I had these dual things going on, like rejection from agents that were coming into my inbox nonstop. And then I was getting, it sounds weird, a rejection. My body was being rejected. So I just couldn't get pregnant. Um, and, you know, I had, you know, rounds of IVF um, and they didn't work. So it was a really tough time. Um, and I think people listening probably have been through similar experiences where, you reach such a low and I'd always been as you know Sarah you will contend to this always been the kind of person that says never give up yeah yeah always, always yeah always carry on but there's comes a point in every and I think a lot of people might be feeling like that now of like I've got I've got nothing else to give you know and that's how I felt at the time I was like I'm trying so hard and and I realised that the publishing side, trying to get published, was adding extra pressure when you're trying to have a baby and you're trying to get published. And I thought, I'm going to give up. I, I'm just going to give up on the author dream. Uh, I'm done. Um, and and you know, I I also thought in my mind, I'm going to give up on trying for a baby as well. We'd have two. We'd had two rounds of IVF. I was emotionally and psychologically exhausted. Um, and. And I still stick true to this. I think when people get to that point, and it's hard to do this at the moment, but just get away from it, go. And it, and this is why it's people struggling, I think, in lockdown, is that you can't get away. You can't go away. You can go for that walk. You can take your mind away. Um, but so my husband and I, we went to Exmoor, really gorgeous part of the UK. And it just, there was no internet connection, nothing. And we, we just went for walks. And it just gave me space to breathe and I know Sarah you you and Jamie your husband talked about in the last episode just taking time to slow down to breathe and I think that was so important for me and while I was there I came up with an idea for a novel and it just came out of nowhere and I started writing in my notepad and there was no thought of I want this published all I thought was I want to write it I just need to write this story and the, the main character in it, Claire, she she is struggling with infertility. And I think that was a really good cathartic, therapeutic way of me working through my issues. Yeah. So when we got back from that holiday, I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And as I was writing, my kind of my fighting mentality came back. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to give up on this dream. And, and not just that, I'm not going to give up and try for a baby. So... I finished the book, sent it out to agents, got an agent really quickly, and we embarked on another round of IVF. And it was just that I needed to reach bottom, I needed to reach that moment and to get away from it all, to realise, actually, no, I'm going to fight. And I didn't put any pressure on myself because when I did write this novel, I wasn't thinking I'm going to get it published. I just wanted to write it as a story for my friends to read. Yeah. Um, but it just, by not putting that pressure on myself, it allowed me to come back to the point where I could you know, start to get my ambition back. And, you know, that's how that's how that book came to life, really. It was my therapy, my saviour, um, and it was really important. You know, it was important. And I still love, it's my favourite book of all the books, yeah. um, because it did so much for me, it helped me. 
And doesn't that show you that when you put your personality into it and it is from your heart and you're writing about something that means something so much to you, that that actually was what brought success to you, I think. Yeah, there was no, and you know, we'll, we talk, we're going to talk about change, but at that time it was not about, yeah, it wasn't about getting a publishing deal. And I think that made a difference because I think I'd written before, I, it, I, when I wrote, it was more about, I want to be a published author. Yeah. I was writing The Atlas of Us, I was writing it for pure love of writing. Of the That's why you get to be an author, because you love yeah. writing. And that took you back to your roots almost of, okay, why do I want to do this in the first place? rather than it becoming like a commercial um, commercial thing, trying to turn it into a career straight away. It was all about, you know, it was your therapy, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I think you can apply that to any hobby, any love, um, of where you take, you strip away the end goal in a way, the ambition, yeah. and you just make it. It's the moment of doing the act itself. It's being in the flow of writing, of singing, of painting, or whatever—it's that it that really helps. And then with that, because obviously I know this story, being your cousin. Um, so when you found out about Atlas of Us actually being published, what did that coincide with? What what happened around about the same time? Yeah. So so all the good. So after a really awful time, so I had the third round of IVF. So you know, got my fighting gloves on, uh, boxing gloves on, and and. And it all seemed to come along at once. So I got pregnant, which is fantastic. Um, and I, my my agent sent out the Atlas of Us to um, editors around the country while after I had my little girl. So I had a baby and then I got an email from my agent to tell me that I'd got a book deal just after my, I think she was six or eight weeks old, baby had done... <laughs> A, a poo tsunami as I call it had <laughs> <laughs> just gone everywhere um and I had to I was sort of looking at my phone thinking oh my god this is amazing but I was having to tidy up my daughter um and put her down for a nap so that I could then run out in the garden and scream in happiness that I'd got a book deal with HarperCollins um so I had this baby that I've been dreaming for you know for such a long time and I and a book deal but it was so hard to celebrate it because I had both of them. Like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't actually do what I'd normally do. Yeah, um, just open the Prosecco or something. Yeah, exactly. So you had to get on with, you know, just be, being a mother, really. But so it's, it's wonderful. Just, oh, it's such a beautiful story. I mean, listening to it, even now, I get goose pimples. Like I've read a blog about it before. Obviously, we've talked about it between the two of us before. Um, but still now, it really does, you know... It's a, such a lovely story. Thank you for sharing that with us. No, no, no. It's, it's like a really it's always, thing as it well. It always brings me joy because it just reminds me of, of what it was like, you know, yeah. it's just such, such a it crazy time. Something you'll never, ever forget. No. You, know, you no. and your family and friends will just always, always remember that moment. Yeah. Um, so going on to sort of Atlas of Us, and obviously that was, you know, picked up by HarperCollins, an amazing publisher. Um, what do you think it was about that that kind of that they took an interest in? Do you know, at, I think definitely at the time, and you know, a lot of the agent that had a lot of agent interest, um, is because it straddled that commercial and literary genre. They call it book club fiction. So it's it's got you know the the 
the, the, it explores issues and themes and the, and the writing, you know, there's a voice to the writing, but there, but also it can be quite commercial. So, you know, there's a potential for it to sell well. Yeah. Um, so it's that sweet spot between the two. Um, and I think at the time, certainly that was a real, that's what agents were really looking for, that publishers were looking for that. So a story, that a really in-depth story, but that still was told in a way that was accessible to the, you know, to readers. And that's the kind of thing that I like to read as well. I don't want to read anything that's too literary and over the top because I'm too exhausted <laughs> to do that. Um, but just something that's got a lot of feeling to it, but is also, you know, very readable and page turning. Yeah, so people can escape whilst reading it. Because we yeah. often reach for books, don't we, when we're at a time of turmoil or we just want to be able to relax. And so something that's compelling, but also thought provoking and a bit emotional is really a really lovely thing to read. And it is a, an amazing book. Um, I think anybody who wants to get to know about Tracy's work should start right th from the beginning and go and read Atlas of Us. It's amazing. Um, so going forward from, you know, this amazing point in your career, when Atlas of Us was first published. What have you done since? How many books have you had since? So I actually published my eighth book yesterday as we're, as we're recording this. Um, so eight books since. Um, so which, yeah, it's just unbelievable that me, that, that girl who was sitting in Exmoor um, feeling like I was never going to be a published author, giving up on my dream and, you know, I'm here now with eight books. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's I'm now a you know an, a full time author who who's who's just published her eighth book and working on the next one. So yeah, it's been quite that quite the journey. It has, and you were able to because obviously when you first started writing um, as an author, you were juggling that with working, weren't you as well yeah. in an employed role, and you were able to then work that dream around family life and give up the role that you you did enjoy, but now you can be at home. Um, and be with your family. Yeah, and it, you know, it was it was tough. There were tough times. I'd 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 got my dream, um, but I was having to, because as an author at the beginning, you know, there's not much money coming in. It's very rare. You you see these stories about debut authors getting a six figure deal. You know, that is a real. That's rare. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It really it being a successful author is about the long term and being able to you know just stick with it long term and it's having a backlist of, of books that's when you are able to start um you know sort of thinking about it becoming a full-time thing but I was juggling work I was juggling having a baby it was it was tough and I, I really had some down points I did a blog post about bandwidth that we all have a certain amount of bandwidth and, and there's a point where you you know you can stop being able to cope with it yeah. and I was really struggling with with juggling an office job which I loved you know I was doing social media stuff for the Open University loved it but then also having to write to write to deadline because I've got this deal yeah. and being a mother to a you know one-year-old after maternity leave or um so it, it really was tough and that, that sort of became a new aim for me is to be out being able to make enough money to do it full-time to write full-time so I had the flexibility that an office job doesn't really offer at certainly at the time it didn't um so yeah it wasn't plain sailing when I got that that publishing deal at all but you know I managed to, yeah. to get there and, and become a full-time author and you had clear goals um and that's you know something you know that we talk about generally during 
this podcast as well and um, with various guests is having those clear goals and, and you reached that because you knew exactly what it was that you wanted um, and getting your foot on the ladder gave you the confidence yeah. that yes my work is of that quality that people do want to pick it up and then it allowed you to give give you that confidence to carry on moving forward and so you told us about your most recent book so circle of doubt um yeah. it was out yesterday so definitely everyone um get hold of a copy of that but it's also the second book in a brand new series isn't it of of books that you're you're doing and it's based in um a place called forest grove can you tell us a bit about that yeah so forest grove is a, um, a fictional atmospheric um village sort of uk village but though to be honest i've had a lot of us um readers tell me that it's very similar to to sort of places towns in the us as well and it's um, a very almost claustrophobic, very beautiful, but claustrophobic place um, where um, there's lots of secrets and lies bubbling under the surface. And I've always been fascinated by that, by places that are beautiful, that seem perfect on the on the outside, but actually underneath it all something is going on. And the books, each book focuses on a kind of different character and an, ex an explosion that's thrown into the middle of their seemingly perfect lives that that brings all the secrets and lies to the surface. Um, so Wall of Silence was about a mother who comes home from work to find her husband lying on the kitchen floor stabbed with their three children around him and she knows that one of the children has done it. Um, but which one? So. So that's really is an explosion thrown straight into yep, that person's yeah. life. That's you know, you <laughs> yeah, can't be much so, worse than that, really. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so yeah, that that did that, you know, has been really popular. And then Circle of Doubt is about um a mother. And I, I do tend to focus on mothers, you know, because I think that's I'm coming from that place. Um so a mother who's um has a lovely life with her adopted child and her husband in Forest Grove. And then one day a very glamorous family moves into the middle of the woods and she is convinced that the woman, the glamorous woman is her daughter's birth mother, but she's got a different name and everything. So it's all about what would you do if you thought the birth mother of your child had moved into your village and you thought they would come in to get, your get their child as they think yeah. back. So um, yeah, that that's out, and I'm working on a new one in the in the Forest Grove um, village as well. So it's been nice working on coming back to Forest Grove and um, you know the fascinating things that happen there. And I know that lots of people absolutely loved Wall of Silence, and so the buzz and excitement has been going on, hasn't it? Um, you know, with regards to Circle of Doubt coming out, and yeah, I no, really can't wait to read it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I've got my signed copy, haven't I, Tracy? Oh yes, yeah, I got yeah. that sent down via, um, you know, a socially distanced visit um, for yeah. a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. That's really that made our day. In fact, I think we've got signed copies of most of your books, actually. So, yeah, we're we're very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, so going back to um, the core subject of this week's podcast, as you know. Each week, we like to have a subject that's inspiring to people, um, both people who professionally are trying to move forward and they want to have ideas and inspiration of how to do that. But it's also something that I like to have subjects that you can apply to all different areas of your life as well. Um, 
And so this week's episode is based on the power of change. So how accepting and taking on change can actually help you to improve and to put yourself out there and to gain a real, you know, prominent spot in the market. Um, and the reason I wanted, I obviously wanted Tracy to be on this podcast generally for whatever subject we were covering because she's got such an amazing story to tell. Um, but recently she's written an absolutely brilliant, brilliant blog about change. Um, it was very relevant as well because it was related to the US election and focusing on Biden and how he had to really change his mindset, his outlook, his direction in order to improve. And obviously he won. So, you know, we can take some things from that. Um, and you can actually see this, this blog on Tracy's website. She's got a website that's dedicated to helping other authors, which is amazing, absolutely brilliant. I know lots and lots of authors are inspired by that website. Um, and it's www.savvywriters.co.uk. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so it was this blog was an example, wasn't it, to fellow authors about the importance of change and maybe accepting that if they want to sort of further their career and perhaps improve um, in the market, that change could be a good idea for them. Um, so can you sort of tell us maybe, first of all, about how this applies to you and where this you know, this is a personal subject to you and how you changed um, in order to kind of pursue your your career and improve yourself. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it's that it is about change and pivoting. I like to call it, it's just pivoting. It's moving to, to sort of match the circumstances. So for me, when it, it rammed home for me, it was that obviously the Atlas of Us came out and then, so I had a two book deal with HarperCollins and uh, My Sister's Secret came out. And my sister's secret sold brilliantly, sold in the hundreds of thousands. It did so well. Um, and it was just such a success. And that, it was wonderful because I actually wrote it while I was on maternity leave. And I was like, there's no way this book is going to be any good because I've written it while my daughter's screaming in the background. Um, but it did. It worked out to be you know, a really, really popular book. So I was so excited about that. You know, it, it what is the thing that helped me leave my job and um i just thought you know this this is a really this means that i you know my my future books are bound to be successful um and my next book did did really well as well no turning back so i was pleased with that but um i realized that uh, then as more books came out I, I learned that not every book is going to be successful like in life generally not everything you do is going to be successful um, and, you know, there were a couple of books that didn't sell as well. And I started worrying about that. But I realised that the best way to approach it, rather than sitting there and feeling sorry for myself and just saying, this is just the things that I write and I'm just going to carry on writing this way, I decided, no, I'm, I've got to pivot. I've got to, to change in order to match the, the, the background, you know, the context of the world we live in today. I've got to look at the market. I've got to see what is selling. What do readers want? And this doesn't mean you're writing by numbers. You know, it's not like colour by numbers book where you're just writing a soulless thing. It's looking at the market. So for me, I was writing the woman's fiction um, kind of market. It was looking at the market, seeing what was happening and seeing what 
what where my strengths and how can that match what's selling well at the moment so my stuff has always been women's fiction with a dark edge to it um and I realized that what was selling quite well is darker stuff so um I realized that I needed to make my writing a bit more dark a bit more commercial and the thing that I always say to authors especially at the moment is is having a really strong hook so by hook, I mean an idea. So I was able to sum up those ideas to you in one or two sentences. Yeah. And I think that is so important in life in general, actually, with any creative endeavor to be able to sum something up in a sentence or two. Because yeah. nowadays, even especially with lockdown, people are so busy. And in the the right, certainly with books, there um, and with self-publishing, lots of independent authors out there, it's a crowded market place and you need to be able to stand out and it's lovely to have a book that is wonderfully written and that's got lots of heart and character if you can't sum that up in a couple of sentences to the reader they're just going to move on potentially you know so I realized I needed to pivot and I needed to focus on the idea coming up with a really strong hooky idea and that didn't take away from my writing because I'm still you know still like able to write but that it started with a really strong hook um so I was able to pivot from that point of view and I also realized that it was probably time to change publisher yeah um Harper Collins are amazing my publishers were brilliant mm. um but I just felt something had something had to change yeah and I think when you are walking along a road and it's not quite you know lead into where you want it to be you need to take a different course yeah so I met up with a few publishers and I, I'm now with Amazon publishing so that is different from being an independent league because I think people get confused that if you're with Amazon publishing you are a self-published author they have Amazon publishing now have their own imprints so they they have their own you know imprints that will publish authors yeah. and do all the work for us we do the writing they do the rest um and they pay in advance and royalties and so on so it's exactly the same as Harper Collins, but it's yeah. amazon and then so, there's yeah. authors out there who may not actually know about that um because a lot of indie authors are drawn to self-publishing on kindle aren't they um i mean it's a massive market now isn't it a very successful yeah. market but actually knowing that there is there are imprints out there um like for example, Lake Union, um, who you write for, and they've been—you've been amazed by them, haven't you? Really, really enjoyed working. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think also what I looked at is what my strengths were. Ebooks—that's where the biggest sales were. My did the biggest sales were in ebooks. And when I used to go into meetings with Harper Collins, they would talk about, "So we want to position your book like this on on Waterstones," and you know, it's really important that that the Waterstones people like your cover so I'd and your title and but my book was hardly selling in Waterstones in fact many authors we don't sell many books by Waterstones I was like why are you focusing so much on Waterstones yeah Amazon I'm selling hundreds of thousands of copies and making my money on Amazon yeah and and uh, Kobo why are you going on about Waterstones what I I realized that so I realized I needed to be a publisher who was digital focused yeah um, I went for a meeting at Amazon and they just blew me away. They, you know, they've got an amazing office and they just, 
it's not even about the office. I don't know why I mentioned that. It was just <laughs> it's nice about the office. Raw, isn't it? It's quite nice when you yeah. walk into a really modern, amazing office. Well, HarperCollins have got that as well, but it's like, but um, <laughs> they, they were able to get the figures out, the stats about my books. They were able to say, they were able to see that there was a fluctuation in sales and how can they help me have steady sales? And I was just really impressed by their attitude. They knew, they didn't talk about Waterstones because you, we don't get our books in Waterstones when we've, Amazon, you can, but they didn't talk about that because they knew that wasn't where I was making my money. You know, that's not where, you know, I was, I was able to actually make my living. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed by them. And I realised I really had to make a change and pivot. And that's what I did. Yeah. And that's another great example, because obviously when you first, I can imagine when you first get published, those pictures coming through from people taking a picture in a bookshop of your book on the shelf, that must be quite an amazing feeling. So that feeling you know, that's now been transferred over to, you know, looking at, wow, we've moved forward so much in these past, you know, seven or eight years that now you've decided that digital and which it really is, is the best way forward for you. Yeah. And, you know, having your book in Waterstones, I had a sign in in Waterstones. My, I, it was lovely being able to see families and friends picking up my book. That There's nothing that can beat that really yeah. really it's lovely as as someone who aspires to be an author to have that opportunity yeah. but it's short-lived it's it's quite shallow it's a vanity project in a way because you're 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 thinking oh my book's on the shelf but at the end of the day it doesn't bring in much money for most authors um and you know when I went to Amazon um I've made more money than I've ever made with Wall of Silence selling so well and that's been able to that's allowed me even more to guarantee that I can be here full time and be writing full time. Yeah. Um, so that was the substance. So you've got the style of style of being in Waterstones, but the substance, the everyday reality was about my ebook sales. Yeah, and so, that's yeah. amazing. And that's kind of, because when I have spoken to other authors um, about my working with you and things like that, there has been that kind of feeling that you are ahead of the curve in that respect. Um, and that you do think ahead and because you're, you've got your skill, you've got your um, gift of writing and being able to give that to other people to read. But it's thinking about that and thinking about change and accepting that you're happy to do that. Because one of the things I was going to um, say to you is that authors are those creative people who have what well, I, I think it is a gift to be able to write a novel and make it compelling and appealing to readers. Um, and if they have an idea of what they love writing and they don't, they want to hold on to that, don't they? Yeah. And it is about changing if they're not perhaps being as successful as they would hope. So what is like in one or two sentences, what advice would you kind of give to them about being willing to maybe let go and change a bit? I think I would say, you don't have to let go of that if you're happy for writing to be a hobby. Yeah. If you're, if you are in love with your writing, you love it, and you're not expecting it to be a full time endeavor, um, and you, you know that's fine. Carry on, carry on doing what you love. Yeah. But if you want to make money out of your writing, you have to be able to pivot and change. And I don't mean completely change your genre. I don't mean selling your soul. It's just having a look at the market, what is selling, what, where's the mark, what direction is it going in? Do you need to make your writing a little bit darker? Is there a genre that you can experiment with? This yeah. is a genre like that you think, God, 
I think I could have a go at this. It's about playing and trying and experimenting yeah. rather than being stubborn. Um, and that, that's the sort of, yeah, it's, being, it's playing. That's what I'd advise. And if Play you're a creative person, then playing around with things and looking at new ideas is probably quite a, an interesting pursuit, really, isn't it? Yeah, to, to play around with that. So maybe looking at it in a positive way of, I can have yeah. a bit of fun with this, looking around, seeing what else is out there. Um, what's in the market and you know perhaps what competitors competitors are doing as well yeah definitely um and sort of speaking of you giving advice to other authors that's something that you really like to do isn't it which I think is really lovely um and you have actually set up a Facebook group and a website for authors um, I mentioned it briefly before about the savvy writers website can you tell us a bit about how that started and um, and the networking that you've done with with other authors? Yeah, kind of almost sort of by accident. You know, there was. Do you remember the days when we were able to actually meet up? <laughs> People were able to go out together and celebrate, and there was a, a week long of publishing parties, which is rare. You know, we don't always go out um, on publishing parties, but. And I, I managed to talk to lots of authors and we were all just saying that there wasn't much out there for published authors. Lots of advice out there for aspiring authors, for independently published authors, but not for authors published by publishing houses. Um, and I said, you know what? I think I was a bit drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna set up a Facebook group. I'm just gonna set one up for, for published, very specifically for published authors and only let in published authors. And I really thought, and a few of my author friends like, yeah, I'll join. I thought it'd be like 50 of us having a good old natter. And it just exploded. So it, it's, I think it's, I haven't checked recently, six to 700, you know, really engaged members. Um, and as, a, as an accident of that, I kind of just was offering advice back and forth and, you know, launched the blog. And it's evolved out of that and it helps me just as much as I help them you know it's been a, it's been wonderful and I'm so delighted that I did it. Um, I think it's great yeah. because you are um, you know from working with you and knowing you so well you are um, you like to be creative and so you've got your various different websites and platforms that you that you have out there so um, perhaps you can say to listeners as well about where they can find out about you what kind of groups you've got going on that they can maybe join um and find out more about you in your books well so uh, just from the author point of view books just look at tracy-buchanan.com or just google my name and you'll find all the links to everything there so i run a readers um group on facebook there and you can see all the different social media platforms and then as sarah mentioned savvywriters.co.uk and if you are a published author um head on over to facebook and do a search for the savvy writers snug and request to join there's no guarantee that you will be letting so I, I have to be careful about you know people that are let in but you know just have a look and, and request to join who knows you can become a member yeah so yeah that's great. where all the thing is some really great content um on there as well and have a read of tracy's blogs um she's got a really great blog out at the moment which is quite relevant to what we've been talking about today um, and you can also find that blog that I mentioned about the US election um, and how that kind of got her thinking about the importance of change, which just ties in so amazingly with, with this podcast. Um, because the whole reason that we, we're doing this is to give people ideas, to give them ideas about innovation, how they can improve themselves. And at the moment, we find ourselves in you know the third national lockdown at the beginning of 2021. 
Um, and, you know, people more than ever need to start looking at different ways of doing things to help themselves. So I thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on here and sharing your amazing stories with us. You're welcome. And do you want me to give a little, because um, I know you mentioned about a paragraph. Yes, well remembered, because as you know, well remember, Tracy, each of my guests, I love them to sum up the subject of the week in their own words. Um, and that's a great quote to use going forward. So yes, the power of change is obviously our subject of the week. And can you sum that up for us, Tracy? So uh, this may be stolen from someone, but I can't remember, but I, it's in my brain. <laughs> Your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Oh, I love that. That's absolutely brilliant. You guys, all of the people that I'm having on this podcast have got some amazing insights, some really, really good kind of focused advice for people in short sentences. And that, to me, ties in with what you talked about, the hook earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, people want something short and sweet that pulls them in. And I think that quote will really resonate with people. So thank you very yeah. much. Well, thank you. Well, it's lovely chatting. It has been great chatting, hasn't it? Um, and we will. And next week we'll be talking to um, another amazing guest. His name is Kieran McCrickard. He's a double award-winning photographer, and he'll be here telling us all about innovation. Um, and he really has got some great tips and a great story to tell. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Why not request to join my Facebook group, Virtually Minded, dedicated to all of the subjects that we discuss here on the podcast. You can also find my podcast by following at Virtually Minded Podcast on Instagram. What's more, you can find out more about my virtual assistant service by searching for Marked as Complete on Facebook and Instagram. Keep tuning in and I'll see you next week on Virtually Minded, creating success in a changing world.